This episode is sponsored by the Live Alcohol Experiment, a 30-day science-based and compassion-led journey where you learn to develop a healthier relationship with alcohol without relying on willpower. Why? Because the truth is that willpower runs out. Instead, you learn how to focus on what you gain, not what you give up, so you can feel good about the decisions you make without shame or guilt. With the 30 days of video training, virtual daily coaching, and a private and supportive community, you get that and so much more. Join us today to get happier, healthier, and to take back your life. Your live alcohol experiment starts on the 1st, so sign up at livealcoholexperiment.com. Hey, this is Anna Grace and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. I am answering readers' questions and today I have a question which is, Annie, I've heard it said a million times that red wine is good for your heart. Is this true? And so this is fascinating because we live in a what I call a headline culture, which means we often don't read sort of below the headline or below the initial thing. So we don't dig into the specifics of certain studies or certain headlines or certain articles or certain news things and then we pass them along and share them and that's very typical it happens all the time but i remember a statistic from when i was researching this naked mind that the average headline that is pro alcohol meaning that it it conducts some sort of benefits good for you all these sorts of things i mean you've seen them all from alcohol helps you live longer to a glass of wine is is kind of like a half an hour workout all these sorts of things they're shared up to ten thousand times more than alcohol studies that are um saying that alcohol is harmful and of course it makes sense because we share things that are congruent with our pre-existing beliefs we share things that will increase our social status which means that people will relate well they'll think um, that we are funny or cool or smart or something else and we tend not to share things that are going to make other people upset and so it makes sense but what happens is then these myths perpetuate in our society and one of these myths is is alcohol actually good for the heart and specifically red wine because red wine is the one and i i remember this for myself i remember being in early adulthood just having moved kind of um into like my own sort of apartment and i was in early adulthood and i read an article that said this exact same thing and my friend and roommate and I went out and we bought a box because we were super poor, just newly out of college, lots of student loan debt. We bought a box of red wine and we tried to drink a glass every night for our heart. And it was really funny on, on many reasons. Number one, we didn't like the taste at all. Um, number two, we managed to get through one box in many weeks because we just weren't big drinkers. And of course, it started to taste worse and worse the longer the box was open. So the second time we bought this box of, I think it was like Franzia red wine, I couldn't get it open. So I tried to open it with a knife and those boxes just have bags or like bladders inside of them. And I poked the bag on accident with the knife and then the red wine just started spreading everywhere. So then we had red wine all over kind of our linoleum floors in the apartment we were renting and it was a big disaster. And... Needless to say, we gave up that idea pretty quickly, thankfully. Of course, then you know my story. I went on to a career where I was actually encouraged to come out to happy hour and drink, and the rest is kind of history. But that was my first real foray into trying to drink intentionally was because of this myth that red wine is good for your heart. 
So I just want to talk about the heart a little bit. The heart beats up to a thousand, hundred thousand times a day, like a hundred thousand times a day. It carries 2000 gallons of blood through your body. So the heart has a big job and its number one job is pumping. It is effectively, you know, intaking and expelling blood. And what that does, of course, is bring all this uh, great nutrients and oxygen and nourishment to the body and then take back the things, the waste and the toxic things in order for the it to be um, sort of taken out of the body. So this is the cycle that happens from how I understand it. And when your heart is weaker, obviously your body becomes weaker. And when your heart stops beating, you die. So the heart has one really big job, like it, contracting is effectively the heart's job. The heart's job is to squeeze or contract 100,000 times a day, beat is really a contraction of the heart, 100,000 times a day in order to um, bring the blood where the blood needs to go, all right? So alcohol weakens the heart muscle so that it sags and stretches, making it much harder and sometimes impossible to contract effectively. That is, um, the citations for all this research are in my book, This Naked Mind, if you wanna look it up yourself, but the one job that the heart does, alcohol, again, weakens the heart muscle. Drinking also disrupts the electrical system that regulates your heartbeat. So all sorts of bad things can come from that, clearly, and that can cause issues including blood clots and even cardiac arrest. Binge drinking increases your chance of having a stroke by 39%, all right? And drinking alcohol can elevate your blood pressure, cause hypertension, which is dangerous and causes heart disease. And I could go on and on. The negative and often disastrous effects of alcohol in the heart are well documented. They are irrefutable. So, okay, that's alcohol, Annie. What about red wine? All right, fine. So what is different? The caveat here and the reason that people say red wine is good for you is because of a compound in red wine called resveratrol. All right, now resveratrol had been shown in studies of mice to increase longevity and heart health in mice. And so, because usually, generally, these studies in mice, they tend to have a lot of crossover to studies in human beings. We're like, okay, great, if that works for the mice, that will work for us. And we say, okay, resveratrol is something that is going to you know, help us from a health perspective, especially from a heart health perspective. Now, John Hopkins University has debunked this that resveratrol is actually good, that the crossover effect exists, meaning what was true for mice is true for humans. Apparently that's not true in this case, or at least that is the most recent research that I have seen that research changes all the time. There is dozens of articles saying that resveratrol is good for the heart, dozens of articles um, more recently saying that that kind of has been looked at and debunked and they haven't been able to rec replicate it and what was appearing to be studies that confirmed it was good in mice is not actually crossing over to human beings. So one way or another, this compound resveratrol is the ingredient or the aspect of red wine that supposedly gave it its heart health. Now, if resveratrol itself is actually good for the heart in humans or not, that is up for debate. That is not conclusive at this point in time. Now, the thing about that that's interesting is that even if it is good, it comes from the fact that it's grapes. Now there's tons of other things, healthier things, things that don't cause you to throw up, things that don't cause you to text your ex at three in the morning, things that don't cause you to black out and lose parts of your nice, things that 
don't cause you to end up in handcuffs or in prison, things that don't cause you to get addictive that have plenty of resveratrol. All right, so there's lots of other things. I believe blueberries or blackberries. I also think grapes and grape juice, uh, for example, is something that has these compounds in them. And there's lots of ways to get this if it is indeed this miracle heart uh, compound or chemical, but we don't know if that's even true. So one of the best things you can do through your heart is actually just to drink less alcohol. And even in the studies, of which there have been numerous, that say moderate drinking is somehow good for the heart, they all conclude that any heavy or binge drinking is always bad for the heart. So that's an interesting aspect as well. So the more important thing that I wanna share with you, and this came out, and this was one of those, those um, studies that came out, the headlines that came out, and it made a splash for about two days because <laughs> everybody's like, oh my gosh, is that true? That's so scary. And there has ha have been some lasting effects of this headline that I'm going to share with you in just a minute. Like, for instance, Canada has actually changed. Um, kudos to Canada. Good job. They have changed their drinking recommendations and they've lowered them significantly in Canada as a result of some of this research. But this is directly from the World Health Organization. And I think the best thing I can do is just read this to you because I couldn't say it any better than they say it. And of course, because the science of sharing and headlines say that we are 10,000 times more likely to share something that is pro-alcohol than not from my research. And if you think of, of that, that's, that's for like, you know, that compounds based on how many people there are, right? So anyway, the point is there are a few people like me probably sharing the heck out of this article <laughs> Still am, obviously, talking about it here and now, but there was many more people not sharing this. And so the myths get perpetuated at a really, really huge rate. And we could unpack that as well. That has to do with confirmation bias, which basically means that we like to, as humans, confirm what we already think we know, or we like to confirm the decisions that we're already making because it feels safe and it feels less risky. And so we will try to do things to confirm the decisions we've already been making. And if so, if you're making a decision to drink, sharing something like this is a great way to kind of increase your confirmation bias. Now, what confirmation bias does is often keep us stuck in stories and myths and things that are not true. So I think it's always better to open our eyes and really look at what may or may not be true. But anyway, this is from the World Health Organization. You can easily find this if you just Google, no amount of alcohol is safe. And again, it's impossible for me to say this any better than the scientists at the WHO. So this is an expert excerpt from their definitive statement regarding alcohol. Um, they say, the risks and harms associated with drinking alcohol have been systematically evaluated over the years and are well documented. The World Health Organization has now published a statement in the Lancelot Public Health when it comes to alcohol consumption, there is no safe amount that does not affect health. You can say it again. There is no safe amount that does not affect health. It is the alcohol itself that causes harm, not the beverage. Alcohol is a toxic, psychoactive, dependence-producing, all right, addictive, not to some humans, to all humans, dependence-producing substance that has been classified as a group one carcinogen by the International Agency for Research on Cancer decades ago. That was in 1988. It is a group one carcinogen. It means it causes cancer definitively, no questions asked. Um, just two drinks a week can increase a woman's chance of breast cancer by up to 15%. And that was in 1988. I mean, a long time ago. So they're saying, you know, it was classified as a group one carcinogen decades ago 
this is it group one is the highest risk group highest can i say this <laughs> come on annie group one is the highest risk group which also includes asbestos radiation and tobacco alcohol causes at least seven types of cancer including the most common cancer types such as bowel cancer and breast cancer ethanol or alcohol ethanol is is the clinical word for alcohol it is the same thing found in your gas tank is the same thing found in your red wine psa that's just the truth public service announcement alcohol causes cancer through biological mechanisms as the compound breaks down in the body which means that any beverage containing alcohol regardless of its price and quality poses the risk of developing cancer okay so organic wine still causes cancer right uh top shelf liquor still causes cancer still is not good for you um and it it's the alcohol in the wine so it doesn't matter if it's beer or wine or cider or champagne it is the alcohol which is the psychoactive aspect that is the problem uh, the risk of developing cancer increases substantially the more alcohol is consumed however the latest data available indicate that half of all alcohol attributable cancers in the european region are caused by light to moderate alcohol consumption all right so half of all cancer caused by alcohol is not caused by binge drinking is not caused by heavy drinking well i mean obviously it's caused by that too but it's attributed to light and moderate. So if you think, oh, just drinking a little bit is okay, the World Health Organization is arguing you all the way home on that one, saying that is absolutely not true, all right? They say this drinking pattern, light and moderate drinking, is responsible for the majority of alcohol attributable breast cancers in women with the highest burden observed in the countries of the EU. In the EU, cancer is the leading cause of death with a steadily increasing incidence rate and the majority of all alcohol attributable deaths are due to different types of cancers. Now, here's the thing. We think, especially in the US, oh, but the French, their hearts are so healthy. They're doing so good. Oh, the Italians, oh, all these European countries, they drink all the time. It's just part of their life. In fact, you know, you drink and you're healthy. You have longevity. Like the World Health Organization is saying, no, that's not true. In fact, in the EU is where the this is happening the most all right they go on to say i know this is like the most depressing episode ever but hopefully it's also motivation i don't like to usually do such scary things but the question was is red wine good for your health so we got to get into it right uh so they go on to say the risk starts from the first drop to identify a quote safe level of alcohol consumption safe is in x or like little quotation marks right there Valid scientific evidence would need to demonstrate that below a certain level, there's no risk of illness or industry or injury. There's no risk of illness or injury. The new WHO statement clarifies currently available evidence cannot indicate the existence of a threshold at which the carcinogenic cancer causing carcinogenic effects of alcohol switch on and start to manifest, which means there is no safe level of alcohol risk starts from the first drop. Moreover, there are no studies that would demonstrate that the potential beneficial effects of light to moderate drinking on cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes, or anything else, so this is your heart health again, outweigh the cancer risks associated with these same levels. So even if there was this resveratrol effect with red wine, with cardiac, uh, cardiovascular disease, it is far, far outweighed, according to this article, and according to the study, by the risk of cancer. 
Uh, Dr. Karina Feria Borges, acting unit lead for non-communicable disease management and regional advisor for drug for alcohol and illicit drugs in the WHO, says, quote, we cannot talk about a so-called safe level of alcohol use. It doesn't matter how much you drink. The risk to the drinker's health starts from the first drop of any alcoholic beverage. The only thing we can say for sure is that the more you drink, the more harmful it is. Wow. All right, so there you go. Red wine is not good for your health. <laughs> Even if red wine had some health aspects, which are highly debatable and have been debunked in most, like in every case that I've seen at least, the risk of cancer far outweighs those. So it's not good for your health. You can put that one to bed. And um, thanks for listening. Hey, I'm so excited because we are literally just about to start another live alcohol experiment. And if you don't know about the alcohol experiment, you need to literally drop everything right now and go to livealcoholexperiment.com. Here's the thing. This is a 30-day challenge and it's designed to interrupt your patterns and put you back in touch with the best version of you. You'll know it's that version that's living the most joyful life. That version that doesn't need alcohol to relax or have a good time. And that version that's having more fun and is more peaceful than ever. Again, it's just a 30-day challenge. It's live every single day. It's starting on the first. So hurry up, join me at livealcoholexperiment.com. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today.